Hello and welcome to the second episode of Your Fest, the podcast that's all about festivals. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples, and I'm joined <laughs> as <laughs> and always with my squeaky voice and also with my mustachioed co-host, it's Mr. Thomas Stewart. Tommy, are you alright? Yeah, I'm good, Johnny. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Do you need a lozenger? I probably need a, need a lot more than that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I don't know what's happened with my voice. Too much speaking, too, too much planning of, of great festivals. It's a, it's a shame that you're also, your co-host has one of the lowest voices in the UK or Europe, at least. I know, it's your dulcet tones that keep people switched on to the, the festival chat, I think. Or falling asleep, we'll see. Do you want to talk our listeners through the uh, the concept of the podcast? Yeah, concept of the podcast, as ever, is your fest. So it's your dream hypothetical festival, three days, three headliners from any place or time, dead or alive. We also need a name and location for the festival. Who's our guest this week, Johnny? Our guest this week is the fantastic Ivo Graham. He is a stand-up comic. You've probably seen him on Have I Got News For You or Live at the Apollo or Mock the Week or um, one of the other myriad of amazing TV programmes that he's done. And he's going to talk us through his fantastic festival. And uh, is it one you're looking forward to hearing, Tommy? Yeah, I really can't wait for this one. He's, I think he's personally like one of the funniest guys going at the moment. And yeah, it's an absolute honour to have him on. I'll be interested to see what he says. Should we go right to it? Let's do it, mate. Here is your fest episode two with Ivo Graham. Ivo Graham, welcome to your fest podcast and welcome to your fest planning committee. Are you okay? How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's an honour to be given uh, such power over, admittedly, an imaginary realm. Um, it's like having power over Camelot. You're, you're basically our uh, Prince King. Fox oh, he started <laughs> a riff that he doesn't have enough knowledge to back up. <laughs> I was very impressed with Camelot, but I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna let him hang here. Yeah? Right, I'm gonna have to King uh, Arthur. Arthur, I want to say Alfred. King. Oh, this is a, this is particularly embarrassing because I used what to a live fucking Batman. I used to live in, I used to live in Chorley, which is where the Camelot theme Camelot based theme park. Uh, used oh, really? to be. Uh, not that I ever went. Uh, I've well, I bet you're, you're ruining that decision now, I imagine. I would have known all about Prince uh, Arthur and this Guinevere. This is all staying in, by the way. This is all his, staying in, his square table. Guinevere and uh, Lancelot and all the other uh, national lottery machines. Right. Um, <laughs> um, we can, we, can, we can forget. We'll, we'll get rid of that. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd leave it all in, actually. And I think people it's will enjoy it. Just let them see, how, see me as I am. Let them see me as I am. I would have, uh, all these Zoom quizzes about uh, general knowledge and stuff at the moment, I would have failed at the first hurdle if uh, who, who's Arthurian legend came up. I, th- I thought you were going to make an excuse for that, like just saying, oh, I've been doing too many bloody Zoom quizzes. My head's all, oh, so many King Arthur my questions. Alphas and my Alfreds. No. Yeah. <laughs> just, no excuse. I thought, I'll go with the Camelot line and then... It all, it all went wrong from there on in. I'm sorry. I, it was my reference to an imaginary realm that, you know, it, it, that led this whole thing off to begin with. Go blame yourself, Ivo. It's not your fault. Could have gone with Atlantis. It's not that I know who the king of Atlantis is. Um, Poseidon, is that different? Astonishing doubling down to have another swing <laughs> at another realm. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have a third attempt. Third time lucky, but not on this one. Um, uh, anyway, did you really not, mate? Podcasting as a whole, or just this particular segment of imaginary realms? I mean, we've how many? You know, well, no, not not the podcasting yet because I, know, I need someone to do this with. But yeah, but carry on, carry on. Come on. Come um, on. So mainly away from Arthurian legend and uh, underwater uh, <laughs> kingdoms. Uh, are you a fan of music festivals, which is what this podcast is actually about and where I'm more comfortable uh, having discussions on? Uh, fantastic. Um, and also the fact that you mentioned them both in the link means that the whole thing's staying in and that's lovely. <laughs> uh, um, I love music festivals. Uh, I'm missing them very much this summer. It's uh, the best time of year and it's the best thing to do. Big fan. Were you due, were you due to go to any? 
Um, I was hoping, although I had not received confirmation in either case, uh, to do Glastonbury and Latitude, which I've done um, on various occasions over the last few years and are obviously fantastic. And both of which have quite strong stand-up comedy community presences. So you'll often find yourself with quite a lot of friends from the, from the industry there. Nice. I think we're finding that latitude is quite popular amongst stand-ups. Um, latitude, I would say, is the is the the big one, or certainly the one that most comics have associations with, because they have an amazing comedy stage, as in it's it's sort of huge. It's a really nice gig to do, which can't be said for most comedy stages at music festivals, and um, they are very generous, or certainly used to be, uh, with their plus ones and stuff. So you'd find huge amounts of performers. Who are doing the comedy stage or the cabaret stage or the literary stage but also their partners their agents other sort of plus ones um and it was a couple of weeks before edinburgh um so a lot of people particularly people writing shows would be entering that sort of panicked you know two weeks till exams uh, phase and it's sort of you know the last party you go to uh, before revision definitely starts now that was what <laughs> latitude would, would essentially become i think in, in the middle of July. have you done reading or leeds yet because uh we're all in the, in the same vein that latitude's been kind of a lot of comedians seem to be praising it red and leeds and this comes from someone who's seen comedy at red and leeds as well seems to be a bit of a nightmare gig for a lot of comedians um i yeah i i did it for the first time a couple of years ago and it's a nightmare if you're doing the end festival which obviously a lot of comics are because you've got to uh, you've got to get in and out of there in a day. And when I was a teenager, Reading and Leeds was the one I wanted to go to the most because its lineups most align themselves with those sort of NME indie bands that I was obsessed with. And the announcement of the of the Reading and Leeds lineup and the and the big uh, yellow posters every year was really iconic stuff. And pathetically, I would put up posters of Reading and Leeds lineups on my walls for festivals that I've never been to. Um, and uh, just be like, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'll tell you who I would have watched in 2007. Um, I, uh, and, um, and, li and live in Wiltshire. So sort of Reading didn't seem like an, an implausible uh, sort of, you know, geographical uh, ambition. And yet now it's got such a, and it probably always did such a teenage reputation. It's such a post A-levels uh, festival or pre-A-levels in some case. And I think some of these kids aren't even planning to take them at all. Uh, they um, <laughs> actually, when it got to the point in my early twenties where I was doing stand-up and it became conceivable that I might go to Reading and Leeds through stand-up, it was like, I'd probably just feel a little bit too old for this now. And now those same posters, which used to thrill me, and now just quite depressing because I haven't heard of, you know, most of the hip young gunslingers on them. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people, um, a lot of people who are, I kind of think of our generation and when it was the Libertines and the Strokes, et cetera, headlining, but they get really angry now about when they see it's, I don't know, Stormzy Post or, or someone, yeah. yeah, Post Malone. Or, it's like, but yeah, that's just what that's just what young people are into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's such an amazing churlishness. I'm like, why can't it? Why can't Franz Ferdinand headline again? <laughs> Come on, where the, <laughs> the pigeon detectives? Why, why can't I be 16 forever, please? Actually, is what I'd like. No, I, I'm certainly not sort of slagging off the changing lineups of the festivals. It's just it's exactly that thing that the, 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 the times move on. Um, did you uh, perform at any in in in, uh, in your banding days, Tommy? Oh, what in the insults! Jesus, no, no, mate. But I tell you what, I I did have one uh, half successful band, uh, Luxury Death. signed to a Swedish label. Great name for a band. Um, yeah, that was a good, and I was playing bass in that band, and we actually actually kind of made money. I, that was alongside my job as well, working freelance, but also in a band, and we used to tour Sweden quite a lot. So never played Redden or Leeds or anything, but that was my relative level of success. If we're going back to the insults in 2008, then definitely not. <laughs> Nowhere near, nowhere near. We were playing pubs in Shrewsbury, my hometown. 
I see. Henry Tudor House? Henry yes! Do you know stuff. Shrewsbury? Uh, no, like, like all stand-up comics, I can name one gig in every place. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I've got. Uh, <laughs> well, we shared but, a stage. Yeah, I was, I was gutted not to be able to uh, nominate a, a Swedish gig um, to, to, to go to the luxury <laughs> death. But I wasn't, wasn't anticipating your career to be quite so continental. You, you, um, you grew up a bit in Australia. Mm. Um, did you go to any Australian festivals? And did they that was the first, first gig I ever went to, actually, was a festival in Sydney called, I think it was called Livid. And my dad took me there uh, to watch Lincoln Park who, uh, I don't <laughs> nice. need to tell you, were fantastic. It was 2003, yes. and actually looking back on it, and I was just getting into uh, music, brackets, new metal, uh, and a bit of uh, pop punk. And um, the lineup actually had some amazing, it had like the white stripes and stuff, but, uh, and there was one other, and it was like Jurassic 5, um, even, uh, one other big one, but it, it literally doesn't matter. Look it up yourself. Live in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast listeners don't do enough of their own homework, I would say. Um, but it was the fact that actually, if I'd been a bit more musically in advanced, um, then I probably could have watched a lot of very cool people and had a lot of anecdotes to carry me through my teens. But we got in, watched Lincoln Park, left again immediately. Back. <laughs> Got what I needed. I think my, my, I think my dad proposed that we go and watch, I, I want to say Roiksop um afterwards oh, but wow. uh but i don't so let's let's take this lincoln park buzz home with us please wait i've got and, some of it here i've got some of it here you've got so yeah lincoln amazing park, Jurassic, Jurassic, Jurassic i want to say park. black black rebel motorcycle club black rebel, uh yeah they're on there white stripes uh oh yeah yeah yes were there the, yeah yeah yes you see wow uh the roots bloody mm. hell um, you know what, Tommy? It's been a useful exercise, but I don't need to be tortured further. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do quite enough. Sorry, mate. Sorry, um, mate. But there was that, and then, um, uh, and then my sister lived there um, for a few years when she was in her sort of late teens, early twenties. We went to see her and went to a festival on New Year's Day called, I think it's called Field Day, and I'm not just getting confused because there's also one of those in England, and it was in it's in the centre of Sydney with the with the skyscrapers rising up around you and there was this great thing where hot chips were meant to be on in the afternoon and they lost all their equipment and uh, and obviously the news spread uh you know like a like a like a national tragedy across the site that uh, that joe goddard from hot chip was going to be doing one of his admittedly critically acclaimed dj sets but it wasn't the same and then uh and then at 11 p.m which was meant to be the curfew for the whole festival um, one of the one of the uh, PAs for the festival came on stage after whoever had headlined and said, "The good news is we've extended the curfew by half an hour, and Hot Chip have got their equipment. We're going to have a short Hot Chip set." And it was, I think, one of the best festival moments I've I've ever. And you know, I'm quite a big Hot Chip fan, and I'm not certainly suggesting that they've only got four songs um, because I, I could name about thirty. But uh, but I think for a lot of people there, that was actually completely ideal in terms of having an extra half an hour at the festival and a sort of hot chip digest and the narrative of the lost equipment being found just in time and it being the bureaucracy being pushed through. Uh, it was a it was a very very special time. I think like secret sets at festivals have become quite a big thing nowadays as well, haven't they? And not that this was a particularly secret set, but. Suppose the extra but it was adapting hour. it was having to adapt on the fly to new information i think that's always exciting at a festival and and word traveling around a campsite i uh i don't i i i find that there's always the the there's, it's leaked too early now and the buzz is too much so i've been at glastonbury the last couple of years where the killers and i think folds have done secret sets and it's just been a case of you're not going to get anywhere near it you know you, you you've you've really got to uh, be one of their entourage because it's because the stage is too small um but you know i'm, I'm not saying that's you know it, it, it nullifies the excitement completely but uh you know um the thing is you know, you know what like you say it's leaked too early because you know via twitter and obviously most people have their iphones with or or androids or whatever with, with them and also those sets are almost i remember i think when radiohead did it and pulp did it a few years ago and the false one i remember watching it on tv i was like Hold on a sec. The BBC cameras were already here. Yes. It's almost like they knew. It's yeah. like the, the falls on the red button. They weren't announced. It's like, yeah, all right. Exactly. Like in reality TV, when someone knocks on someone's door, but the camera crew are already inside for the door opening. How does that happen all the time? <laughs> <laughs> the secrets of television. 
it's absolutely disgusting. I, 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 I couldn't agree with you both more. I enjoyed that hot chip one though because I I saw them last November um, at the Victoria Warehouse in Manchester and bloody hell, it was one of one of the best gigs I've been to in years because their new album's incredible as well. That's interesting. Um, I uh, have a mixed relationship with Hot Chip, who I would say are possibly my favourite band uh, right. on record. And I've had a couple of live experiences which were transcendental and a couple where I've taken a big group of people promising them a transcendental experience and it hasn't really been that. <laughs> and I would say Glastonbury last year was one of the latter ones, sadly, where the killers uh. were smashing it out of the park on the main stage and bringing on the Pet Shop Boys and bringing on Johnny Marr and lots of other things that I found out too late in this case. Yeah. Otherwise, it would yeah, have, yeah. have to have been another of Ivo's mad dashes. And, <laughs> uh, and Hot Chip were playing a bit too much of that new album, which is good, I would say, but not. I, I basically cling to the one from 2012 in our heads, which I think is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Uh, and got very short shrift, but that's fine. You know, they're on, they're on the promotional mill. Um, I understand that. And they've replaced their heartbreaking cover of Dancing in the Dark with a sort of excitingly aggro, but still quite divisive cover of, um, uh, oh dear, I think a Beastie Boys song. I think Fight for Your Right to Party. No, because we'd have enjoyed that too much. Sabotage. There's the one. <laughs> one of my, one of my favourite covers is, uh, is of Sabotage, but it's by the Cancer Bats, and they sort of made it very heavy. Um, well, and what a hot chip you know, thinking at trying to muscle in on the cancer bats is turf. <laughs> so it's a question often asked, never answered. <laughs> I've always thought that about hot chip. Stop chatting on the cancer bats bloody toes. But listen, if we if we're keeping this this bit in, can I just say that I think that your Victoria Warehouse anecdote and the times I've seen them when they've been fantastic uh, is much more representative. My hot chip failures have been more about maybe my own failures that the mental place that I was in, the you know <laughs> stubborn groups of naysayers that I've dragged along. I think they are a charming, wonderful, innovative band, and the new album is lovely. It is only nine tracks, which I always think is a bit of a cop out. Um, yeah, I uh, you know, feel that way. Fine. Aside from Australia, have you been uh, to any other overseas festivals or are you just uh, staying here in old Blighty? Well, just to really reinforce the everyman credentials, I can tell you that uh, from 2004 to 2007, my father worked as a banker in Switzerland. Um, all above board, of course. But it did mean <laughs> that um, uh, while, uh, while boarding at, I'm afraid to say, Eton College, uh, I was popping back to Switzerland for some lovely ski holidays. Um, in between. However, in the summer, there was um, a festival called Open Air St. Gallen, uh, about um, an hour or two from Zurich. And I went there two summers in a row and took friends from England. And it was about, I think, as exciting as that new teenage independence gets, going to a festival without your parents when you're 15 and the added thrill of it being sort of abroad, even though technically it was where my family lived and we could have been picked up in an hour. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a real jaunt. And in 2007 in particular, and Tommy, I, I won't send you Googling away again because I can do this one by heart. It was, um, it was Arctic Monkeys. And this was, I believe, the Reese James dream of the two album Arctic Monkeys. Stop the favorite worst nightmare came out. It was uh, Kings, no Kings of Leon were the following year, just as they were exploding. It was uh, the Kaiser Chiefs, um, who I'm aware maybe don't have as much critical clout. But <laughs> 2007, very exciting time to be watching the Kaiser Chiefs. Klaxons. DJ! 2007, pretty much oh, the only yes. the only year it was exciting to be watching the Klaxons. But my, how exciting it was! Um, and Block Party, probably my favorite band at the time. Snow Brilliant. Patrol, genuinely moving. Uh, I just, it was, it was that enemy Reading and Leeds poster on the wall fans dream of a festival, except surrounded by absolutely charming Swiss Germans. Uh, <laughs> a lovely people. Uh, How I, old I, were you at the time? So I was 15. 
and Perfect. it really did feel illicit, even though no illicit activity. I think probably even as far as drinking was probably going on, um, it was very much high on life stuff. And then we went, so that was my, me and my pals, Julian and Jack. And uh, the following year, we were going to go again. Julian dropped out because he had to accompany his girlfriend to the downhouse leavers ball. Fine, it's a big ball. <laughs> Uh, um, so my sister then came and brought a couple of her friends um, we managed to scrape together a couple of female friends of our own so it's actually quite a, quite a female heavy posse uh, which is quite exciting in and of itself um, and then that was that was Kings of Leon uh, and various other people and every year I, st I sort of check in on the open air St Gallen lineup I don't think it's as big as you know your your your, your puckle pops or yeah. your, um, what's that one in Germany called? Rockham uh, Ring. Or your Rockham Ring, or um, your Primavera. Or Primavera, which I actually did go to. Um, I went to Primavera three years ago. This is the end of the European festival anecdote phase, but I'm cooking with gas now. And I've used <laughs> a lot of superlatives already, but I'm also going to tell you that Primavera 2016 was also one of the biggest years of my life, because or biggest weekends, because it was the reformed LCD sound system and it was Radiohead and, uh, and it was Barcelona in the sunshine. And it was, uh, it was just fantastic. I was there as well, mate. I was there Tommy, as well. Tommy, let's go <laughs> to the point when this lockdown's over, Tommy, <laughs> and really pull at these threads in full. Cause I can't bear to throw away just a series of chats, all of which could last three hours. Um, but I, I think yeah. that one as well, because as a stand up. You know, you're you, you're quite lucky, and you do get to go to the odd music festival um, to do comedy at it, and you'll often get a weekend pass, or, or even even you know you and a plus one. It does mean that, and the fact that you, it it does mean that you feel your sort of festivals are covered. And I don't really ever feel that I can justify going to festivals that I'm not working at because I'm doing quite a lot of them in the UK. And the rest of the summer, I'm either at the Edinburgh Festival or preparing for it or, you know, trying to sort of gig in some other fashion. So it's a combination of being busy and being tight, essentially. And then in that year, the Primavera, some friends of mine were going and, and said, oh, you should come with us. And I said, oh, I just don't really, you know, for the aforementioned tedious reasons, uh, do European festivals. And it got closer and it was, it was LCD who I really mourned never being able to see them live. watch the Shut Up and Play the Hits DVD over and over and over again and Radiohead and a lovely bunch of pals and a real sort of creme de la creme of, of an undercard as well and did I mention Barcelona in the heat so <laughs> I just suddenly thought I'm I, I can do this and I just maybe to be vulgar started to like earn a tiny bit more money so I didn't feel it was such a sort of insane thing to spend 300 quid and cancel a couple of gigs and I did it. And, and I, as I got off the plane in Barcelona, I thought, I can't, I can't believe I've cancelled the gig and just come to Barcelona <laughs> on a whim. And LCD were phenomenal. Radiohead were a bit, a bit too crowded, possibly. And we were quite far away, but still very moving. Um, Barcelona was as hot as hoped. And I just loved it. Did you, did you love it, Tommy? Yeah, I've been four times and I'm, I'm planning on going next year as so well. It's, oh. it's the best. For me, it's the best festival in the world. Like I could... I love Glastonbury, but I could never go back again purely because we'll just we'll rent a place between us or sometimes we even just stay in a hostel like six, seven mates. And there's usually about three or four different groups of us. And I mean, collectively, there's 20 or 30 of us who go pretty much every year for the past four or five years. And um, it's the best because you're not camping. You don't have to you don't have to wee in horrible toilets and, and, and the Barcelona in the sun. And the lineup, the lineup's always great. You're wandering back at um, 3, 4, 5, 6 a.m. Yeah, just yeah. through Barcelona, back to your yeah. actually, yeah, as you say, sort of comfortable accommodation. I, um, it's, it's making me feel quite, quite moved, actually, to go back yeah. to that weekend <laughs> in 2016. And maybe I'll do it next year as well. Um, and it's amazing. Next how year. are your feelings about festival, not to be too bleak about it, are you 100% confident for music festivals in 2021? No, are you? Is that, are you? Is anyone? 
No, I mean, obviously, I've got no data, just the same um, speculation as everyone else. Instinct, but it's just, yeah. It's, it's, it was a very scary part of the lockdown, I thought, the point where people started talking about 2021 20, things being cancelled. Just after everyone had sort of got their heads around, right, this, this year, gone. Whole year, right off, absolutely fine. But the, the, the thought of, what if Euro 2020 doesn't happen in, in Euro 2021? I've know. got tickets for that as well in Amsterdam. Is anyone else planning on going to it? I was meant to be going to them this year, and I don't know if they get transferred over. There's quite a long WhatsApp group that I have. Um, basically... Yeah, they do. They, they carry over. They oh, do great. Carry well, over. Well, yes, I've got tickets for Rome then next year, which is a nice thing to contemplate. But, but again, I don't know if that will be on. <sighs> anyway, let's not more. Let's do the festival. Let's do the festival. <laughs> let's do my festival, which yeah. crucially <laughs> is never going to happen. And in a way, <laughs> that's much more liberating. <laughs> on your on your festival, um, we need a location for it so we can contact the local council. Um, are we going oh. local? Are we going England? Are we going abroad? Do we need to translate some letters over Google to send out? That's a very interesting question, and one I'll be honest, I hadn't contemplated. Um, I would say that I, I'd I'd have to, on principle, have it in England. I'd love to have a, a you know a fun, um, you know, a, a sort of exotic suggestion, but really. I'm working, my, my first thought is of the slight resentment I feel when a wedding is abroad and there's not sufficient justification for it. Uh, and it just feels like people are doing it because of a jolly that they want to have. Um, and uh, not to be joyless about some of the lovely foreign weddings I've attended over the years. Um, I, so similarly, if we're hoping that this is what, this is something that, that lots of my friends are gonna turn up out of their own accord, that it's gonna have genuine sort Whoever of want. massive, Yes, I, I'm aware that it's entirely my remit, but I'd love any sort of pointers at all. I, I can't deal with the, the sort of the empty car park of hypothetical situations. I would like to be guided a, a little bit um, because I'll be honest, actually, to, 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 to flip flop immediately from my, I want everyone to be able to come at, at minimal expense and maximum convenience. The thing that stresses me out most at festivals is trying to maintain any sort of group um, and uh, strategy with uh, the constant indecision, the lack of leadership and the popping up of new people. I love bumping <laughs> into an old pal from uni who I haven't seen in a decade, you know, as, as much as the next man, if, if anything more. But if, if you're, you know, if, 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 you know, I've tried to pick a band out of at, at random and bizarrely the Fratellis popped into my head as if like that's like <laughs> I, they're I always in the forefront of yeah, everyone's yeah, mind yeah, yeah. don't worry about it also particularly because I'm trying to conjure a situation where I don't have time to talk to a dear friend I haven't seen in a decade and that's because the Fratellis are about to start you know what if you're in too much of a rush to get to the Fratellis the friendship isn't worth it um, <laughs> but I think they, they played Open Air St Gallen 2008 uh, at the very much the peak of their powers, so I think that's why they're that's why they're in the old subconscious. And I also didn't want to see anyone who's actually in my potential fest. But anyway, the point is, there's something more liberating actually about not that I've gone to a lot of abroad festivals, um, but probably not seeing a lot of people you know. So maybe I'm wanting to go with, you know what, it's going to happen at St. Gallen. It's going to happen at the festival where I had two of the great weekends of my adolescence, probably the, the, the two great weekends of my adolescence. It's got a river running through it uh, where you can swim. It's not too crowded. Um, and I just, I know the terrain, you know, I, I think that's quite, and also it only has two, uh, it only has two tents as well, which I think actually somewhere like Glastonbury, you know, I've, I, I think it's the most. I think it's the most incredible place on earth, obviously, but it is a paralysis of choice like none oh, other. Oh God! Yeah, it's so stressful. So stressful. A, host a hostile takeover of Open Air St Gallen to uh... a hostile. Yeah, I think they'd be. Well, I don't. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I, I'm presuming in this in this fantasy world, I've got the power to sort of move in diplomatically, but still quite assertively onto another festival. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's. I mean, what, what what would you guys do? Would you pick a, would you would you pick a sort of a plot of land not previously occupied by a festival? Should I be doing it? No, I, I I I 
well, Johnny's not really a, a festival fan. Personally, I'd like just because of all my experience of, in, at Primavera, I'd probably go Barcelona. What about you, Johnny? I just pick a field in Salford and just as <laughs> close your eyes as possible. Stood in it alone, watching Kiss try and, right. enter, try and entertain me. Uh, doing their full, doing their full pyrotechnics just to one person in Salford stood in a stood in a field. It's a hell of a vision, and I want none of it. Um, I do remember feeling very comforted by Primavera being um, hard underfoot. So yes. there was no, you know, you don't get that, you don't get that bog issue um, that you'll get at a, at, a, at a wetter weekend on a grass festival. And open air St. Gallen, it does run that risk, but it, I, I think I like the risk. Um, mm. I think I like, I think I like packing wellies. You pack them, you hope you don't have to use them, but packing them is part of the, part of the festival ritual, I think. Have you got a name? Have, have you got a um, name for the festival either? I'm calling it Open Air St Ivo, just to really stick two fingers up there. <laughs> so you've canonised yourself and your... Well, I've, I think there's already a St Ivo, actually. So I've, I've, uh, I've moved in on his turf as well. <laughs> it's, it's lawsuit central already, to be honest, uh, oh, this festival. Gosh. <laughs> you've also used the word you you've used the word power a multitude of times like it's really like got to your head hasn't it well you know don't give me an entire festival on my terms if you don't want the power to go to my head you know i no, we do we do i'd also given that there's only three headliners i'd happily have settled and and this is you know i'm a man of modest ambitions when it comes to festivals and podcasts for just organizing my own stage at a pre-existing festival and then you know trying to sort of tear people away from stuff they were already going to see but if it's the whole thing i think open air st gallon in its traditional you know form it has to take a fallow year and is replaced by open s and tiger and all the same people can, can, can buy tickets. Um, but it means that, you know, it's, it's not ruffling too many feathers on the wider European festival circuit. I think, I think if you do it in Barcelona, you know, I, do, I don't want a beef with Primavera. I don't want the possibility of not being allowed to come back to Primavera in future years. Whereas if That's I, true. if I'm never allowed to go to open S and gallon again, that's, probably very much in keeping with how the rest of my life's going to pan out anyway <laughs> are we as you said you're happy with one day but we can gladly spread it over uh, three three days well i thought it was three days i thought that was i thought it was three days and three headliners was that yeah. correct yeah so That's we're, correct. we're open to suggestions of which days of the week you want so you can go the traditional friday saturday sunday oh man alive <laughs> <laughs> there are so many uh, i'll be honest i thought of three bands three themes for the days and then I and I like thought of a food thing and I was like that'll be good to have like just, just to show that I've really invested in the idea <laughs> but I've not zoomed out on this festival enough thinking of what days of the week I mean the, the if there's a world in which we do Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then it could just kick on into the traditional open air St Gallen you know and then, <laughs> oh. then I, I uh oh. you know but maybe that's maybe that's more respectful in its own way you know I'm not it's actually much more convenient for me as a, as a stand-up comic uh, whose who's weekends are a bit more of a premium. And I've now entered the phase of my life where a lot of people are getting, you know, getting married on the weekends as well in the summer. Some of them abroad. Um, although <laughs> if, if it's in Switzerland, that actually plays quite well into my hands. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we do, as part of what now appears a, a quite sociopathic dedication to turning away casual fans, we're going to do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, actually. Amazing. That's and the first. Um, I can't really think of any sort of, uh, I mean, I, I do think that's, that's not ideal for, for a lot of people, but, but then, but then you, you, do you want hey, anyone at your, your festival, festival either. do you want anyone at your festival that doesn't want to be there? No, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But I don't, I don't like the thought of it not selling well because you do want to be part of a big crowd, right? That's, that's... This has turned into like theme park where you're just worried about the turnover of the uh, <laughs> well, like theme not, hospital. It's, it's, not the, it's not the money so much. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure finances will be covered by the podcast. Um, but I am, um, you know, Beer 52 or whoever ends up sponsoring it. Uh, but I'm sure the economy is going to chip in. But um, the, um, I reckon um, uh, I, my memories of St. Gallen were of how easy it was 
to get to the front for all these very exciting bands because uh, they would have, I don't know, maybe maybe it was the slightly longer gaps between bands. Um, maybe it was uh, the slightly less dedicated um, attitude taken by the, the festival goers. Whatever it was, um, it meant that we were basically on the front row for the Arctic Monkeys and for Block Party and for, did I mention the Fratellis? Um, and that was... <laughs> And that was incredible. And I remember thinking, oh, you wouldn't get this at a UK festival, which maybe you would, but I think I just watched enough um, BBC Three footage of, of Reading looking absolutely rad, <laughs> thinking of my weak bladder and being like, I'm not getting anywhere near the Fratellis at Reading. So, um, I, um, so, so that was really good. But then you don't want to be part of something where it feels like there's not an actual throng. And I remember when LCD were doing their you know, to my mind, triumphant uh, sort of reunion festival circuit. There was footage, I don't know if you saw this, of them at Tea in the Park in Scotland. <gasps> and there was yes. no one there. And it was really quite bleak. It really took... It was the... one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. Like, yeah, yeah. It took the sheen off the rest of the bloody tour. Because it may, you know, to, to take a very selfish uh, angle on it, it, it slightly cheapened the sense of exclusivity around my memory of how cool it was that I'd gone to Primavera on the fly, bit more cash in my pocket, heading to Barcelona. <laughs> and and like, it was like, oh, no, I could have gone to Scotland and watched them with about 50 people. You know, you, you slightly judged the, you know, the, the, the tea in the park audience um, for, I think it was something. I mean, I think they had someone massive up against them. Um, and the Fritelli, of course. <laughs> it's tea in the park, obviously. At the first whiff of Chelsea Dagger, uh, <laughs> the, the LCD system didn't, didn't even stand a chance. I feel um, like it was someone like not great though. I, I really. I want to I, say the, I want to say the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who I've got a quite a sort of um, weird uh, love. Well, I'm going to say love love relationship with less mm. a love hate relationship, more a love no I shouldn't love relationship with. Going back going to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, when, when we invited Ivo onto the podcast, um, the last DMs that uh, I sent you on uh, Twitter were me complaining that you'd mentioned Red Hot Chili Peppers on a different podcast. So. Amazing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I will um, <laughs> rapidly edit uh, this festival in my mind then. <laughs> you can have this. Your festival. I don't have to come. So. No, we've established that you're watching Kiss in... in, in, uh, in <laughs> <laughs> on, the same, on the same Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, just, they're, they're headlining every day of my festival as well, so it's, it's quite <laughs> awkward. They've got that much of a back catalogue to get through. It's that awkward. So we settled on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It is Monday, Tuesday. I've just checked and I can confirm it was the Chili Peppers. Um, as relevant as ever, pulling people away from LCD. But it made me sad for LCD as well, because you just think this should be... Uh, you know, I, as much as I think some reunions have a whiff of cynicism about them, I thought it was a legitimate and brilliant reunion and it should have been triumph after triumph and it felt like tea in the park had slightly taken the shine off that particular apple. So I don't really want to be watching my festival with, you know, the 50 Swiss people who could get, you know, get three days off work to, to, to come to St. Gallen, to, to come to essentially open-air St. Gallen three days early for, for open-air St. Ivo, the vanity project of this former expat son <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> commandeered the festival site a few days early. So just, said, just said he could swim in the river, just like old ones. So, you know. Is that the main selling point for you, <laughs> the it, river? It was lovely swimming in the river. I can't stress enough. Also, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you don't have any clashes with the downhouse uh, leavers ball as well. <laughs> Obviously, if my friend Julian, now 29, is still, you know, uh, popping along to the downhouse leavers ball. Then that, that raises its own, its own problem. You know, he's he's, uh, uh, he's he's married and he's got a child. But but uh, but I'd like the sort of the, the teenagers, you know, the, the UK teenagers of, of twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. They're not. It's not clashing with their leavers ball. Uh, those excuses Good. won't won't wash. Good. So, so my three days are. Um, uh, pop night, rave night, and dad night. Oh. And I can't really clear in my mind what is the best order for those three. Where that basically, obviously, dad night isn't going in the middle. Uh, what you would, what would traditionally be known as Saturday night at a festival, but in this, <laughs> in this sort of skewed universe, is the massive Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> that's the piece of it. Um, I think you either, because basically at St. Gallen in two thousand and six, my parents 
they let us, they let me, Julian and Jack go and have our fun. Um, you know, they, they didn't want to interfere, but they did drive up for one night to watch uh, Arcade Fire. And, um, and it was phenomenal. And that, uh, Arcade Fire is one of the only bands that my dad has really like taken to his heart in the last 10, 20 years. And even my mum, who's not massively into sort of music, um, will, will really sort of get into them. We, we were on the, uh, on the barrier. Um, it's just so easy, fresh from our swim. And, uh, <laughs> and my parents were quite, were, were quite far back. So we weren't actually sharing the experience with them in the literal sense. But uh, it was still very nice that they were there. And I think it really, they absolutely loved it. And my dad and I have talked about like doing a Glastonbury or something together. And I wonder if practically it will ever really happen, whether it's, whether I'm being blinded by sentiment to the fact that if particularly as a, as a relatively busy working man and dad in myself, if I go to Glastonbury, it's basically going to be my one weekend of the year to slightly cut loose rather than to then be incorporating my dad into a <laughs> sort of sentimental throwback. Um, Would you ever bring your kids to Glastonbury? I think, I don't think I, I think I would. I think it would be a lot of fun, but I don't think that it's a necessary rite of passage for a child. I mean, obviously it isn't. No one's suggesting that it is. <laughs> if, if you're five and you've been to Glastonbury, you've wasted your life. But, but what I mean is, <laughs> I, um, I think uh, me and my daughter's mum would probably rather do great parenting um, all the rest of the time and then uh, make sure she was well babysat by some grandparents and go and have a proper nice weekend than sort of try and sort of juggle kids into everything, which I think can sometimes just look like a total faff. And I think there are other festivals which, which um, make a lot more sense, like Latitude or something. Um, I think that would be fun. Anyway, I'll tell you what though, Open S and Ivo has got a lovely kid, uh, you know, it's very oh, yeah. receptive to families, I would say. And so the, the point I was making is my, my, my dad would have to come for a day, dad and mum, to enjoy um, probably Arcade Fire again, but maybe also the Waterboys um, supporting Ooh. them, who are my dad's favourite band of all time, and who he took, he took us as a family to watch at the Trowbridge Village Pump Festival in West Wiltshire in 2000, <laughs> I think 2000, 2006 was a phenomenal summer. Same From, year, same, uh, same year as... Same year as uh, going to see a uh, same year as Evanescent Gallant. Um, Bloody hell! It was does that? No, I do apologise. Two thousand and seven was Evanescent Gallant. Two thousand and six was Trowbridge Village Punk Festival. Because I'd, I'd um, still two uh, on the bounce. Two great years. Two on the bounce and uh, and 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 Muse at Wembley in two thousand and seven as well. I was hitting it hard. Then it was, <laughs> was a bit of a dry spell through uni in in many senses, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that day, I think, would mean a lot to the family, and then and then parents are packed off. So that's either a nice treat at the end, when you're maybe you're you're a bit sort of exhausted from your your um, exertions, or and you're sort of you know maybe a bit more tired and emotional and sentimental, feeling sort of wanting to be with you, with your family, the people that brought you into this world, or it's get them in at the beginning, have a nice PG rated time, and then get them off site as quickly as possible what would be your verdict johnny yeah i think i think the rave one is the quest the rave day do you want that at the start and then people be really tired for the rest of the festival or do you want that in the at the end I, and see if people a big send off that's the that's the the one that's uh not bothering me but uh that's the one that's bothering you, causing johnny, concern personally personally I'd, i i like the sound of uh God, I keep changing my mind. Actually, it, it does raise a good question. I mean, I think... basically, Tommy, when you're when you're going to festivals, and and I don't want to sort of you know glorify obviously um, uh, in indecent behaviour because you're there for the friendship and and uh, <laughs> in the daytime. But if you're if you're going hard, what what nights do you tend to really throw yourself at the most? First two, for, yeah, Friday and Saturday. So yeah, I I you know what on that theory alone, because I want to kind of ease out of it on the Sunday and be oh because. The travel home is always the worst bit and that's when the grim reality kind of starts to occur so I, i'm thinking on that basis on that thesis then i'd have the dad night the family night on the wednesday on the final night personally and uh, and also then my parents would give me a lift off site the following day as well which is very convenient and <laughs> yes uh, and we're not going back <laughs> 
you know, we're not we're not even going back to the UK. We're uh, going back to um, my dad's old, my dad's old flat in Zurich, which he's rented out for a couple of nights uh, just to, to complete the sort of nostalgia. That's where that's where having our, our sort of festival wind down. So it's great. And then I'm probably popping back to Open Essence Gallon a couple of days later. To be fair. <laughs> it, it is quite a complicated week. <laughs> with, with Arcade Fire, you mentioned your dad's a big fan. Was your dad a big fan before you or did you introduce your dad to them? Um, I think he found them, actually. It was a source of great personal pride that, uh, you know, it, it's obviously a big thing, parents and kids, who, who gets to these things first. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, he got it. He said, this is great. It's all about death, <laughs> o- often, often is, often is uh, recommendation. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it is, I think, my fa- I think that first Arcade Fire album is my favourite album of all time. And um, I mean, also, we're talking about this like slightly sleepy final day of the festival. Your thoughts are turning to, to go home. You're also watching, you know, one of the great live bands of, of the 21st century. So it's not it's, it's not a bad way to close out a festival. Have uh, you seen them live before? So we know that was the first time. And then we watched them again as a family um, at the Alley Pally. Uh, at, I think later that year, still on the Neon Bible tour. And I saw them in Hyde Park in 2010 with my friends Matt and Lizzie on the Suburbs tour. 2011 um not all these clarifications are important but i, I do want to get them in and then yeah, I, I was at that one the high park one. that was a great day Unbelievable. Um, and then and then i saw them headline glastonbury uh in 2014 which was the first night of my first ever glastonbury and i was i just couldn't believe i was at glastonbury and it was um, were you there for that one as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, I'm really sorry about this. I wish I had any anecdotes about Kiss. Never seen Kiss. Never seen. Johnny and I basically had uh, Tommy and I have had, had the same life for the last decade. Um, obviously, <laughs> I, I haven't had the good fortune to be in a a, a Swedish band, but that is Johnny. Okay, let's go to. So that's we're, we're doing the last night first. That's Wednesday. So let's decide between Pop and Rave Monday and Tuesday. Let's. I mean. Let's do, I think, so let's have, let's have the, 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 the rave in the middle. Let's have uh, pop on the Friday. And I was, I think, and these are, you know, this is a great festival. Open Air St. Gallen itself is going to struggle to live up to this festival later in the week. <laughs> I think it's going to be Fleetwood Mac on the, on the, on the Monday night. On oh, the Monday really? night. What a great <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I am unashamedly going for uh, headliners that even the biggest festivals in the world are struggling to pull here. And obviously they've had this will-they-won't-they relationship with Glastonbury for years now. And I've never seen them. And to be fair, if I, if I really wanted to see Fleetwood Mac, I could have forked out and gone to you know one of the stadium shows. Um, but um, we did go at Glastonbury a couple of years ago to watch, I don't know if you've come across a disco experience called Fleet Mac Wood, who <laughs> are basically a load of East London opportunists, as far as I can tell, who <laughs> secured whatever paperwork they need to basically um, cart a disco around the festivals and nightclubs of the UK, where they just play all of Fleetwood Mac's many, many, you know, incredible songs with a sort of slight disco twist, although, you know, most of them are quite disco-y anyway. And, um, and a couple of years ago at Glastonbury, uh, it, they were on up at the park, at the Stonebridge Bar in the park, and I, I was momentarily the king of our group because we, everyone was a bit sleepy. I think it was again the Sunday afternoon. Didn't really have a plan for what to do before the headliners. And I was like, well, we're always... We're always putting Fleetwood Mac on, you know, at, at our, you know, at parties or whatever. 
I mean, that sounds like the lame thing. But you know, we're <laughs> putting Fleetwood Mac on at parties. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. No, I, but I was like, uh, there's this quite cool thing where they basically do a just a disco rave sort of Fleetwood Mac mega mix. Let's go and watch that. And everyone loved it. And I was, uh, yeah, I, 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 was, I was gold for the rest of the weekend, having suggested it. So to now, on top of that, be inviting all of the gang to sack off work on a Monday to come <laughs> and watch Fleet, Fleetwood Mac themselves, who I think would be better than the Fleet Mac Wood disco experience, but obviously a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, and, who I've re- and also for my brother, so my brother and sister are coming to this as well. It's a full family affair. And they, unlike my parents, get the glamour of the full festival pass. And my brother is, is responsible for introducing me to um, non-rumours Fleetwood Mac. He's a, he's a big fan of Tango in the Night, which has some superb pop songs on. So he's going bananas next to me. Uh, you know, every, everyone's having a great time. It is a, it is a, a world exclusive. And, and even Fleetwood Mac seem to be getting on. Um, which for a band with their history is, is no mean feat. Is Lindsay Buckingham there? Lindsay Buckingham is there actually, yes. Because I, I don't know if, like, I, was it on the last tour, like the O2 gigs that he, yes, was he dropped with out. them or not? I, I think dropped out again then, yes. Which would have felt weird for me, seeing them without him. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, have you had anyone on this podcast who's done like, you know, reunited bands or bands where someone's died or like... Yeah, you can do that. You can do I mean, if, if we're doing that, it should be... Am I, am I passing up a huge opportunity to have the, essentially the Beatles or Led Zeppelin? It would mean... <laughs> I mean, the, the band my dad would most like to see, as much as he cherishes his Arcade Fire memories from, from 2007, is, is to watch Led Zeppelin again. But no, we... It, Stick with what you got, I think. It's Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire supported by the Waterboys on Dad Night. Pop Night is... I think Fleetwood Mac. I was tempted by one of because I've never been to one of those big like pop shows like a a Taylor Swift or watched the the Beyonce um, show on Netflix uh, yes. Homecoming a couple of nights ago with its you know unbelievable show at Coachella and it's and it's sort of behind the scenes about how it all came together and I thought I've watched a lot of rock bands in my time but a pop show with the kind of performance. Um, sort of values that that entails would be amazing and I was tempted for pop night to have maybe a, a, a Beyonce a Taylor Swift a Rihanna I think would probably be the but it's it's Fleetwood Mac you can have you can have one of those open for Fleetwood, Fleetwood it, I mean can how I... do you pick which one you can well, I'll tell you how I'm picking I because I, I watched the and this is a very I, I, I thought the Beyonce show was the you know the most well put and incredibly put together show I've ever seen um but I didn't know a lot of the song. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of sing-along moments. And if people have come to, to, to Switzerland on a Monday night, <laughs> you know, some of her more recent stuff, it's, 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 it's quite difficult to get into. It's Rihanna for me. Yes. So glad you said that. So glad you said that. Rihanna and... Way more bangers. Way more bangers. More bangers, I think. Um, swim in between. And and then you're into... And, you know, that feels like the rave night. But actually, Tuesday night, headlining... I'll, let's Fucking see if you Tuesday. Can guess it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Come on, Tuesday rave night. Claxons? Uh, um, <laughs> It's, it's not Claxons. I'm sure it would be a pleasure for the Claxons to return to the site. New rave night. <laughs> There's some gallant triumph of 2007. <laughs> Crystal Castles out in support. Everyone, they, listen. Crystal Castles would be great. I'm almost. No, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm going with another two piece here. Which two piece have I selected for? And they and they're another band who are always on the sort of bookies long list for Glastonbury headlines because they've never done it and it would be a, a huge Daft coup. Punk. It's Daft Punk.
Yeah. Daft Punk, Tuesday Night, St. Gallen. <laughs> you know, this is this is world news. Fuck. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I. And this is for another. I've got I've got a lot of sort of people in mind for these. So for Fleetwood Mac, it's my brother and it's my friend Sophie who adores Fleetwood Mac. For Daft Punk, it's my friend Matt who made a list at uni of the 10 bands he was going to see live in like, you know, the next 10 years of his life and has seen all of them apart from Daft Punk now. And it feels, they feel so elusive. So again, I'm just thinking of all the phone calls I'm placing. Are are all these people paying for their tickets? You were concerned about margins. Of course they're not paying for these tickets. Absolutely not. Um, they're, 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 they're paying for their flights. Um, and their transfers, but uh, they're coming over to St. Gallen for free. And you know what? They're staying at my dad's uh, flat for free afterwards as well for the for the cool off. It's all it's all good. Um, Matt and my dad, Matt and Matt and Sophie, these two sort of fantasy festival friends, they've actually both played in my dad's, and I uh, and it's very cool and it's not at all tragic. The band that my dad reunited um, from when he was like. Uh, in the 90s he had a band and he got them back together a couple of years ago but he wasn't able to complete the lineup so he got a couple of my friends who could who could play matt plays drums sophie sung and so there was a period when it was actually it was when i was at uni so it was a, it was nearly a decade ago where matt and sophie were going back on weekends to my parents house so they could play music with my dad on a couple of occasions <laughs> i wouldn't even go <laughs> i wasn't in a band i served no i was i was making the tea they're all, so, they're all at the festival. Are they not going to... Your dad's band? You know part? what, actually? Maybe they're supporting Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Put Rihanna with Daft Punk and get your... Yeah, you're, no, no, because Dad's got to be in it. So they're on Dad Day, actually. So Dad... So we've got Rihanna... <laughs> Rihanna and Daft Punk is safe. Uh, no, sorry. Rihanna and, and Fleetwood Mac is safe. Fleetwood Daft Mac. Punk are being followed by a DJ set by someone like... You know Jamie XX or something. I'm not. I'm not too fussed by who specifically. Although I think Jamie XX would be a huge coup. Great show. Um, and then on Dad Day, Dad's band is back together, and uh, and Sophie and Matt are both there. Who's this blew my life to pieces? Point blank face to the floor. What are they called? Dad's band. They they were called the Stretch Limos, um, which yeah. is I'd say it's a better band name than the Insults, and, yeah, it's, it's, and it's worse than Luxury Death. I'd say it's in between the I couldn't agree more, to be honest. <laughs> um, so so Dad Dad Day is looking quite packed actually. It's a busy Wednesday. <laughs> in... <laughs> The busiest Wednesday at a festival ever, I'd, I'd say. Possibly, possibly the only one. You know, and, and is there going to be any point where we're all going to get to go and visit the uh, the, the, the Abbey of St. Gall, which is a, a UNESCO World Heritage Site? So that's, <laughs> that's, that's, maybe, that's maybe Thursday. So I'm quite happy with how it's all coming together. You know, Daft Punk is a, is a real event. Um, and if they want to bring along, you know, I don't know, Nile Rogers to play on Get Lucky. Sound of the summer. I'm the sound of the summer. Maybe maybe Limmy can can come along (laughs) to announce (laughs) Get Lucky. You know, uh, we're throwing a lot of stuff in here. Um, Have have you got any like? I'd I'd agree with you. Like Daft Punk would be one of my dream people to see. Number one because I love them, and number two because it's so elusive. What's just sort of favorite period of them like i know i know it's all quite did you like that later stuff like the stuff with nile rogers and pharrell etc or the more you know like homework era and stuff i think discovery is uh discovery. no homework i think home i think i think digital love is um probably my one of my favorite songs of all time Um, top 50, not top 20. I think it's always good to qualify these things. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, and um, 
and I was actually I was watching um, the the Michaela Cole show. I um, I may destroy you last night, and it's got as a lovely running Daft Punk riff in one of those. So maybe that's why they're fresh in my mind. Um, but you know, I'm bringing a lot of influences to this to this fantasy festival. You know, just 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 Michaela Cole. You know, probably you know one of one of the hottest acts in in British dramedy at the moment. If she wants to come to open air and die vote, she she's also very welcome. Um, this, guest, this guest list is getting. It's just... a fantastic. You know, what kind of festival can boast the reunited stretch limos and Michaela Cole? <laughs> none, none. That's what I'll say. All we, all we need is Dave Benson Phillips to top it off, <laughs> which which Reese James had at his festival. Right. Well, I don't want to muscle in on on Reese's turf. You know. Also, I'm... he had he, he did have Colin Murray as well. Really? What's Colin <laughs> Murray doing? He had he had Colin Murray. Who was the other one in the middle? Oh, Cat Dealy, and then Dave Benson. Cat Dealy. <laughs> Bloody hell! Well, I've got I've got Michaela Cole and and Limmy. Uh, <laughs> so that's you know that's, that's not too bad, I would say. You did mention earlier about food, and I I do like asking that question. So, if you had to have one one food fan, um, one type of food, what would it be? Um, well, I would have probably. Um, there's a there's a place in Edinburgh, a noodle bar called Redbox, which is a real Edinburgh fringe staple, and it is a, a just classic of the genre. And the genre is um, chucking a load of stuff in a massive wok and probably adding just huge amounts of salt to it. But it fries in front of your eyes, uh, and 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 then it's you know and and you're dehydrated for the rest of the day. And I love it. <laughs> and filling up my Redbox red red loyalty card is. Um, always an Edinburgh fringe sort of uh, running narrative. So to discover that they had gone mobile and <laughs> that they had a van at uh, an open SNIVO um, would be just, I think, the greatest news in the world to me. I know that a sort of big sweaty box of noodles maybe is an ideal festival food, but it is... It is probably the it is the it is the on the go food that gets me most excited in the world. So I think I would say that. I also had an absolutely phenomenal paella before watching Tom Jones at the Cornbury Festival, but that is about the <laughs> poshest anecdote, in, in, you know, in in the entire world. And <laughs> given that, given that so much of this, uh, so much of this dream festival is essentially based around bringing me closer to my father by getting his band back together. <laughs> and reminding him of when he worked in Switzerland in the financial sector. I think me then saying, and I think it'd be lovely to have the artisanal paella that I once got <laughs> at the most posh festival in the Cotswolds is probably not the, the best topper for that. So I, I would say red box noodles. Great show. Johnny? That's, that sounds fine to me. Do you want to, go, do you want to run through the, uh, the end final lineup, Tommy? Please. Ivo's Festival is at St. Gallen, it's named Open Air St. Ivo. It's a, a rather unconventional festival in the fact that it's on a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday rather than your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm. or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So on Monday, it's pop night. We've got Fleetwood Mac and <laughs> supporting Fleetwood Mac is Rihanna. Tuesday, it's rave day. We've got the elusive Daft Punk for Matt. Followed by, well, sorry, preceded by a DJ set by Jamie XX. No, followed by, I say followed by a DJ set by Jamie XX, actually. Followed by, okay. It cool. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday is uh, Dad Night, which is, you know, that's what we're all here for, to be yep. honest. So it's <laughs> a lot of people have bought, you're not allowed to buy individual tickets for Wednesday, actually. I've, I've included <laughs> that because there's going to be such a rush on Dad Night. <laughs> so we've got the running order for Dad Night is... Uh, Ivo's dad's band who are called what's your dad's what's your dad's name by the way? Uh Hugh. Okay, Hugh's band called the Stretch Limos. Yep. Uh followed by the Water Boys, followed by Arcade Fire, and it's a night for the whole family. It's phenomenal. What, what song are Arcade Fire hold closing the whole festival out with? I'm actually a bit done with um with Wake Up. I have to I know it's and that's a sacrilege to say. Somehow all of the other anthems are as beautiful as the first time I heard them and wake up, I'm slightly done with it. So they will be finishing um, with Rebellion Live. Is Hugh Graham joining them on stage for it? 
interesting. I'm going to say no, actually. I think he's <laughs> he's he's drunk on power by this point, and I think, <laughs> I think get him on stage as well. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel it's a cruel thing to deny him now that you suggested it. I think I want to. Um, I think I want that to happen, but I think I want to have forgotten that was going to happen. Basically, <laughs> I'm aware that I've planned this festival and it has, you know, and so I'm going to be anticipating it. And I've brought all these friends out promising these things. I want to have forgotten two things. I want to have had a very specific sort of very minor brain injury where I forget that there's going to be red box noodles and I forget that my dad's playing with arcade fire. <laughs> I think both of those things are going to absolutely blow my mind. When that was also the original draft of yesterday. Um... <laughs> 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 I think that's a great place to uh, to finish it. Uh, Ivo, thank, thank, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you for fest. joining us. Thank, thank you. you for having me, guys. It's been lovely. That was Open Air St Ivo with Ivo Graham, the kind of festival that I think you would... I feel like you bonded with Ivo in the way that he was hoping that festival would help him bond with his dad, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're probably not... Well, we'll see as we go. I don't think they'll all be like that, but so far they're kind of two festivals that I would love to go to in, in Reese's and Ivo's. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some something running underneath the it's an ulterior motive with ivos i think especially with getting the um the stretch limos involved stretch limos they're definitely a band that i'm going to be going and checking out on spotify i don't know about you tommy <laughs> i think they might be my new favorite new favorite band <laughs> yeah I, I mean i've i know their back catalog i don't need to go back there again i, I think i downloaded most of it online when i was 15. Yeah, my favourite uh, Stretch Limos album, the best of the Stretch Limos. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was another episode of Your Fest, this time with Ivo Graham. You can follow Ivo on Twitter, at Ivo Graham. You can check him out on Have I Got News For You, live at the Apollo, all those great shows. He's also been doing um, some pub quizzes. If you search for the Lock In Pub Quiz on YouTube, you can watch them. He's had some great guests on there, like Rasheen Connerty, Tim Key, and the like. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, and Instagram at your fest podcast. You can follow Tommy on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Andrew Stew. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Sharples. Don't follow me on Instagram, or I will have you banned. Join us again next <laughs> week for another episode of Your Fest, and we'll look forward to seeing you in a muddy field roundabout then next Monday. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah.